0: Welcome, 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 welcome to the Beers for Good Show. I'm your host, Bobby Glenn James. I got it right this time, Ryan. <laughs> Bobby Glenn James, I know my own name. With also the most fantabulous human being in the world, Ryan Pilkington. Ladies and gentlemen, Ryan Pilkington in the house. Tell us about the show today, Ryan
1: this show has helped my ego so much.
0: It's helped your ego. My ego. Oh, the whole show because yeah, this show. of me yelling at you, pumping.
1: I am the fan mantabulous.
0: You're a man-tabulous <laughs> human being. Yes.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Best Forget Show, and we have another amazing guest for you, awesome listeners out there. <clears throat> you want to know? You want to? You want to who it is? Yeah. Dude. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I
0: want to know who it is. <laughs> Who's the guest? <laughs> He, he's still smiling I see him in the in the green room in the, in the virtual quotes. Green room, yeah, yeah. <laughs> quotes.
1: uh yeah I think well, we're gonna have fun today with
0: our with our guest Eric's gonna be awesome yeah it's gonna be good
1: uh we have Eric and uh I am so did hoping you that I Did uh, ask him you, we
0: didn't ask before the show how to pronounce your name
1: <laughs> did I get it right
0: was that
2: good no well problem. really it would be Ed Meads but uh, you know
1: Edmetis. <laughs> I give you a little more (laughs) inflection. Meads. Sorry. Uh, Very good. We love you, bro. Uh, Yeah, Eric is a compelling speaker and prolific entrepreneur, having onward over owned I can't talk Oh my god I was up with my son in the morning
0: <laughs> No excuses No excuses Read the bio go okay. on man with heart. with heart with
1: <laughs> heart Eric is a compelling speaker and prolific entrepreneur having owned companies in four countries including those mobile computing military research development 3D camera engineering and Hollywood special effects and likes of James James Cameron the Avatar movies, the Transformers, Iron Man, Pirates, the Caribbean franchise. Uh, today, uh, Eric is internationally recognized business speaker and shares this and has shared the stage with some names I'm going to drop here: Tony Robbins, President, I've heard of him. Tony, Mr. President Bill Clinton, Richard, I've heard of Bill, Richard Branson.
0: Oh, dude, your, n- uh. your man crush. That's who I, I want to interview. Richard.
1: And uh, now he lives in the Caribbean, so we, we're so happy you're here.
2: Yeah, you're welcome. welcome. After, after all this preamble, and if I come back on the show, I want to be in the studio. It looks like way too much fun over there.
0: <laughs> oh, we we have missed having folks in the studio for since the pandemic thing, but we're starting back. We're starting to get people in. Uh, thanks so much, Eric, for being on the show. Uh, we, we're just going to jump right into it, right, Ryan?
1: That's what we do. now. Yeah, that's
0: what we do now. See, we, we just changed we up the show a little, so we're we're still getting used to that. I've said that for the last four weeks now. Yeah, maybe next time I will no longer say, "Hey, we're changing this new." Yeah, that now we're old like, hat. After no one this will, episode,
1: no one will know. No, no one, one will change
0: that we even did anything mm-hmm. different.
1: We used to have a awesome. big bird. on. So or... let
0: let's just get to know Eric. Let's get to know you. Um, we like to ask the question. So kind of tell us about your success or your path. I mean, your bio said at one time you were homeless. Uh, we love success stories where, you know, you had some hard times and you kind of figured it out. So we just we're just going to let you kind of have the stage, tell about yourself, tell about your your path. Whatever whatever suits your fancy. We may interrupt you and get some clarification, just just a heads up. No
2: worries, that's <laughs> good. I uh Jarvis. I guess- start with this i was an immigrant to canada born originally in south africa and um my parents decided to relocate the family to canada um sometime (laughs) after that there was little alcoholism little little family stuff my parents split up and in all the chaos i ended up on my own for a little while at 15 uh homeless and kind of trying to figure out high school and all that kind of stuff and um from there i i left school went into uh, work. I, I couldn't afford to go to university, so I ended up just jumping out into the workforce and headed into sort of a sales and marketing direction. And that kind of uh, led me into a, a tech company, a, a mobile computing company in Vancouver. I was the first full-time employee of this startup. And after about seven years there, I ended up leaving and starting my very first business, which was actually in England, in the United Kingdom. And uh, um, I started that business, sold it some years later, and then continued to be involved in buying, acquiring, and consulting with a variety of businesses all over the world really and uh just having a blast doing it all wow awesome
0: i i gotta i gotta know what what was the deal with in the movie industry i mean what did you did you own some a company that just oh, it's such deli- a crazy
2: story you know a, a buddy of mine is a prolific film producer he's the he's the most unsuccessful successful film producer ever he always says because <laughs> he's made about 20 films and they've all returned money to the investors but he's never had the big one right and uh. anyway he was uh working with some guys at the old industrial light and magic studios up in northern california <laughs> and he uh called me i was in la he says do you want to come up and have a tour of the studios and look, these are the studios where the star wars movies were indiana jones pirates of the caribbean I'm, of course i'm coming for a tour <laughs> and i got up there and uh it was just um yeah he was trying to help them raise some money and i watched them do an investor pitch in the george lucas theater and frankly the pitch was bad <laughs> it was really <laughs> bad and so i i hauled my buddy aside and i said listen they're never going to raise money like that like that's never going to work and and he's like, "Well, what would you do?" And I go, "I don't know. I'm not from this industry. I'm just saying that won't work." And he goes, "Yeah, but what would work?" And I go, "Well, maybe this, maybe this, a little of that." So he goes, "Would you tell the owners of the studio?" I'm like, "No, I'm not. I'm, I'm on a tour, man. I'm not. No, <laughs> on a tour." So, so, you know, you know how it is in the movies. The more you protest something in the script, it then says cut two, and you're doing the thing you were protesting. You know, I'm like. No way am i telling cut two i'm in the boardroom and he's making me tell the owners like i would have done a little more storytelling i would have added this i would have thrown that in so then one of the guys one of the owners goes well we have another group of investors coming in this afternoon would you do the pitch for us (laughs) i'm on a tour like i'm I'm on a tour what, what are you talking about and again cut two i'm standing in the george lucas theater looking up at the audience like thinking if the seven-year-old me standing in the lineup <laughs> around the block to watch Star Wars could see this, right? You know, <laughs> that's awesome. And uh, you know, right. next thing you know, I do the pitch, and they, they ask a bunch of questions. I'm terrified; I won't know the answers because I don't know what the hell I'm doing. But it turns out I had good answers or theories, and 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 then all of a sudden, the lead investor stands up and he goes, "Well, it's a compelling pitch." He goes, "But if we uh, if we invest, will uh, will Eric be staying on to manage the company?" <laughs> <laughs> uh, honestly at this point i'm thinking there might be cameras spinning like this is uh this is definitely like a candid camera type You're being situation. pumped <laughs> i was it was so uh, yeah where's ashton kutchner now like, yeah, that's awesome anyway i just uh, uh um one thing led to another that investor group fell apart and in the middle of all this i got to know the business quite well and i got to know the players and. You know, they were gonna basically they're gonna go to a business. They were out of money and they and they had all these great things they were trying to develop. And I had sold my business a couple of years before and I just made the crazy lowball offer look, I'll come in and and try to save the business. And the next thing you know, I own the studio and we're working on Avatar and Pirates of the Caribbean and we're blowing things up for the movies and it was um it was a it was a very interesting chapter in my life, one of the toughest too because it was a tough business to be in, but it really was fulfilling really interesting wow, wow. wow that's cool.
0: that is a great story yeah, that's interesting
2: so um wow, yeah How, what do
0: we do now God yeah. that's super cool uh so what would you I like to ask just just because um sometimes we just go with the flow what do you what do you think the secret to your success was what what do you think the magic behind you that you there's always something that that when you get some success you realize there was this one thing that kind of connected to me and i'm curious eric do you have that one thing that you feel or you know sometimes there's several but what do you think
2: yeah, I, I, there are a couple of different things. I think one of the things is just I have a lot of energy, you know, and I think that helps a lot. When I was 21, I was sick and overweight and struggling with my health and all that kind of stuff, and I, I turned that around so dramatically. And, you know, I like I I, I, I don't drink caffeine because if I did, God knows what might happen. You know, I, I, I have so much <laughs> energy. In. And I think that that kind of thing helps a lot. You know, when, when you've got a lot going on, you can't be flagging at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. But I think maybe even more – more than that is um i spent most of my life really terrified of confrontation public speaking communicating with a group of people that kind of stuff like a real social anxiety type things and um and and there came a point in my life where i really just needed to overcome that where i needed to deal with it and i did and 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 i think overcoming that was one of the you know after after recovering my health i think giving myself the gift of communication was one of the most powerful gifts I gave myself, you know, in this whole studio fiasco, it turned out the original owners were not particularly good people. I mean, two of the guys were uh, guilty by association, but one of the guys was a literal criminal. Like he'd been facing an indictment by uh, an indictment by the state of California that carried a 493 year jail sentence. So when I, when I bought into this thing, I was actually buying into a big scam and, and, um, and and no fault of the original studio owners, but a fault of the, the, the between guys. And, um, and and you know I, I, a good buddy of mine from minnesota he came down and helped dig me out of the whole thing and i always would say like i could never have done this without you and he was the first one to point out that you know every now and again we would get to a point a do or die point and he would pick up the phone and he'd go eric i just i think we're done i don't know i've done everything i can what's next and i would go well hold on let me talk to the players and i would get to the players and i would get the conversation going and By being a really effective, empathetic communicator, I was often able to bridge that gap. And so he and I were a really good one-two punch because he could do all the logistical and the legal and the financial, and he could really lock that stuff down. But when it came to communicating the message, when it came to bridging people and bringing them together, um, that's where my skills kind of came in. And I think that's one of the reasons that um, my business experience is so varied. I mean, My first company is mobile equipment, data capture, field service. Then it's Hollywood special effects. Then I started a 3D... Uh, camera engineering company, military research and development, medical simulation. it's not like I have one particular educational background that suits all those careers or all those industries, but the understanding of people i think was the is the you know superpower if you will that that helped me navigate those waters.
0: I love that mm. I think uh, you hit two things that I think we hear so often and, and that I heard while you were talking. one is you've got a lot of energy but but what that really means is you work hard is that correct you you, you don't pussyfoot around you act you you, you know you give it 100 percent and you do the work we, we talk all the time you can't be successful this, entrepreneurship is
2: not an easy thing if you think this is magical hey wow cool it's hard-ass work you know I, i've been teaching business for a long time and, and and i and i i obviously come into that idea very often and what i would say is my version of that is that when you're working, work 100%. And when you're playing, playing 100%. Don't mix the two. You know, like it, it, It's really important that when you're applying yourself to the real stuff, apply yourself all the way. But then you've got to disengage completely and spend time with your family and spend time on your body and spend time in nature and all that kind of stuff. So I've been pretty good at the balance. My first company, I had it for nine years before I sold it. And every single year I had that company, I took 12 to 14 weeks of vacation. And wow. if you know anything about me at all from bios and what have you, uh, from from internet, you will know vacation for me does not mean an all inclusive you know resort with Wi Fi. I'm talking deep dark Africa, India, doing wildlife photography, climbing mountains, nowhere near where my company could reach me. And I, I'll tell you, there's a clue here. I think that's really important. Hmm. I think entrepreneurship is the ultimate expression of personal freedom when it's practiced properly. But for most people, it becomes some kind of advanced form of administrative slavery because they don't, they, they trap themselves inside their companies. Wow! So there are two addictions that have to be broken for somebody to build a company that's genuinely an asset. And one of the addictions is your addiction to the company, your addiction to getting your emotional needs met, your ego and that kind of stuff met by being the owner and all that stuff. And then the other addiction that has to be broken is the addiction that the company has to you feeling like you have to solve all the problems you have to answer all the questions you have to know everything and so when you take off into Africa for three weeks on horseback through Botswana where there's no satellite (laughs) phones then guess what your addiction to the company gets broken and the company's addiction to you gets broken sure some stuff goes wrong but that's how people develop the experience and the wisdom to be able to run the business in your absence
0: that is so true there's a difference between being an owner of a business that that slaves you and being an entrepreneur that's put in processes and people that run that thing. That, that there's a giant
2: gap I think that people miss there. You know, Tony Robbins says there's a difference between the business owner and the business operator. And, and my version of that is very similar. I think that MBA stands for Master of Business Administration. In other words, I don't want to learn that. I want to hire somebody who learned that. I want a master of business ownership, right? Like that's, yeah. that's what I want. And I'll tell you that Tony invited me at one point to come and teach at one of his business programs, just as a fill in speaker. Cause the guy that was booked was a good buddy of both of ours and he'd passed away and they needed somebody on 11 days notice. I flew to Fiji to teach this thing at business mastery and, but I don't, they're, they're making me use the other guy's slides and it's and I haven't been on stage for three years. I'm not the ideal pick, but the truth was I was the last one they could get, right? So so Tony comes out and meets me in the hallway and he says, he goes, Eric, how do you feel about your presentation? Oh, well, no, what he says, how do you feel about your presentation? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like uh, well, you know, you want me to use Chet's slides and, and it's three hours and, uh, you know, it's not totally what I would be doing. And he's like, well, you could be a lot more confident. And he, at this point, he's actually a little upset. You know, he's like, but I remember what Tony teaches. He says, you know, nobody – this is not from him, but the, the gist is the same. Nobody in the history of calming down has ever calmed down because somebody told him to calm down. <laughs> and so I don't want to say, Tony, Tony, calm down. I want to do what Tony says. Tony says get rapport with somebody. So he says – you could be a lot more confident, and I go well, Tony. I am really confident. I'm a business owner, not like your other speakers that are just business operators. <laughs> so the content might not be exactly what you're expecting, but it's going to be great. And he goes, "Oh well, all right then." <laughs> and we were good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that is a great. Oh man, that is good. I, I that I wish so many people have this entrepreneur, You know, we talk about the e myth and stuff. They have this entrepreneur seizure, and they don't realize you've you've got to really love the 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 idea of business and the process not just a thing but you've got to love all of the pieces and parts and and, and, and
2: i wish people would get that you know i want to i want to tell you a, 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 an interesting perspective on that because i think there you have to love something you've got to love something with so much passion that it, your why is so strong that you can overcome anything but it may be that you don't love the bits and pieces, but then that means that you need a partner or an employee that does. Yeah. You know, and and that's really key, right? Yeah. So here, here's what happened. I'm in about five years of my business, and the truth of it was my first business. My the truth was I worked for this guy in Vancouver for all these years, and frankly, it, it, he had a very tenuous relationship with honesty. And and one day I just had to, I just had to part company, right? So now, I I, well, I do the classic mistake that a lot of people make. I just start another business in in effectively the same industry. So now. I'm approaching, you know, I'm in my mid thirties. I'm 12 years in the same industry and I'm bored, sick of it. Barcode scanning and printing mobile computer. I don't even like going to my own grocery shopping because they got barcode scanners in there. (laughs) Like I just, it was driving me crazy. And so one day I get on the phone with a business mentor of mine and I tell him I'm in deep I'm in deep trouble. And, and here's the deal. I'm in deep trouble because I don't want to wake up in the morning because I don't love barcode scanners because I don't love the bits and pieces because I don't love any of it anymore. I'm done. I don't want to go. And he's like, well, hold on a minute. He says, this is serious, man. You should sell it. And I go, it's not It's not there. It's not ready for that. And he goes, well, then you should find out how to wind it up. And I go, I have all these debts. I took loans from the DTI. And I, I, like, I, I, I'm, at the, I'm in no man's land. And he goes, well, then you better find something to love. And, and this is this is one of the most important conversations of my life he goes all right when was the last time the company gave you goosebumps mm. and i said well about two weeks ago one of my employees has been with me for five six years i think at this point he was seven years unemployed before that because of the locale that we were in had a lot of that he came to work for me got this work history built up a credit rating i helped him get a mortgage at the bank and he just bought his own home mm. and i just i love that i love that And he goes that's awesome but that you know what, what else what else gave you goosebumps I said, oh i got this other woman she's worked for me also for six seven years but her credit card companies are taking advantage of her. They're, they're just, you know, she's got all this debt. She can barely get by. And so I spent a Saturday morning with her, and I helped her organize all her debt. And I called every one of her creditors, and I re- renegotiated her debt down to uh, 30 cents on the dollar. And then I lent her the money and paid it off for her, and now she's comfortable and breathing. And he gave me a bunch more examples, or he asked me for a bunch more examples. And every single time, it had nothing to do with barcode scanning and wireless network technology. It had to do with improving the conditions of people. And so he said, ah, I think you have a problem here. Your problem is that what you really have is a personal development company that sells barcode equipment. So what you need to do is you need to hire somebody who loves running a data capture company so you can continue working on the people. And thank God for that call, because I would say without that call, I never got, I didn't survive and I wouldn't have got to sell that business.
0: Wow. 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 That, that is awesome. Well, Eric, I think we've absolutely gotten to know you. Uh, yeah. This is this is exciting. Good good stuff. Are you up for the challenge uh, to to spin for us to spin the wheel of Crayley? Spin the wheel, man. Spin the wheel. Spin Do I get a wheel. prize at least? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You get a prize. Tesla. I want the Tesla. Okay. <laughs> uh, sure. Yeah. If you land on the it, right one, pink, we'll tell you if it's the right one.
1: It's a pink Tesla. Is that okay? <laughs>
0: We'll, we'll, we'll tell you if
2: you. Oh, if, it's a digital wheel. You're never going to let it land on the Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it probably
0: won't. It probably won't. I'm just saying. We should, uh, we should Yellow, put. green. And the answer yeah. is. Question. Question. Would you give advice to do the same thing or tell our listeners differently so would you give advice to do exactly the way you did it or would you tell people to
2: do something different <laughs> does that do you understand what that question I think so. it's a really crappy this, question everybody's mm-hmm. a little bit different so you know like what i did might not work for you and and so no and and but what i would suggest is that you find a mentor whether it's a like in my case my first mentor long before i ever met him was richard branson you know he, i was reading his books that made him my mentor mm-hmm. and because i'm a creative minded you know uh, person he was a good mentor for me me reading books by jack welsh they were helpful but not in the same way jack's strategies are different i'm more i think more in the creative side so i think that i would tell people to find a mentor that has a frequency similar to theirs are they more of a timing person? Are they more of a people person? Are they more of a creative person? And find that mentor and be more, more willing to approach their, uh, their strategies. And, and, and one clue to this, by the way, I think that the single biggest way, the single best way to become more attractive to opportunities and people and circumstances is to be doing what you love. If you imagine what what it would be like to have a really important meeting after a day of doing everything you love in your business, how much better that meeting would go, how much better your energy would be, uh, you know how many you know whereas if you spent the whole day working on crap you hated, that same meeting won't go so well. And so your whole life is a metaphor of that meeting. and I think my real advice to people is to build their business in such a way that they get to spend, like I'm telling you, 99% of their time working on stuff that they have passion for, that they enjoy, and that they love, and recruiting the bi- the people and the systems in to take care of the other stuff.
0: I love that. I, I your first piece about finding a mentor. Uh, it's this is a crazy world we live in, and entrepreneurship is crazy. If if you're not open to to learning, uh, it's going to be a hard row to hoe. And and if you can't find those folks that you can learn from, gosh, I I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on coaches or whatever just and and it, just to learn. I, I tell people you should spend ten percent of your revenue on learning, whatever that looks like, just to keep keep being open to that. How do you feel about that, Eric? I can tell you,
2: <laughs> I, I'm I'm so with you on this. Like I, you know, and I'll tell you why people don't. In case you've never thought of this, maybe you know, but if you Usually think I was thinking it,
0: they were too conceited and too smart.
2: Well, it could be that they went through 12 years of an old, outdated educational system that taught them if they hired somebody else to help them, it was called cheating. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, that's
2: right. I'm deadly serious about that. You you go to school, you hire somebody to help you get ready for the exams or whatever, you know, or or write your report or whatever. You're now borderline cheating or actually cheating. And here's the other thing. You get your report card from the teacher. And let's say, you know, I can just tell you guys would have said right up there, physics, straight A's. And, then, you know, I'm I'm kidding. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: that's
2: me. Whatever you were doing really well at, they gave you your A or whatever. But then they always wrote more time and focus. And where did they write more time and focus? On all the stuff you were suffering through so we for 12 years learned that that collaboration is called cheating and that we should put our focus on shit that's hard for us and that we don't like that's what they did to us for 12 years and that explains to me why so many entrepreneurs start their businesses don't get the help they need and work on the stuff they don't like
0: wow that's enlightening that right there was a gold nugget for me that was huge Uh, oh wow Uh, should we spin the wheel one more time are you up for it one more feel one more test spin.
2: Tesla, Tesla. <laughs> Pink,
0: okay. Tesla. Pink. Pink. And we coming along. We've got a green, red, yellow. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Oh, yeah. It's like biggest
2: party thrown. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah. Wow! Well, biggest party thrown. I, you know, there's so many to call it's from. If Richard Branson you, is your buddy, <laughs> I'm hoping you you got a good one for it. You know, I, I, it, it, it's a bit of a shortcut, but my publisher is called Mind Valley, and they, they they publish my business materials and my health materials and stuff like that. And they have this annual conference twice annual conference called A Fest, and they at every one of those throw the biggest, best parties I've ever been to. And so uh, we're, you know, and it, they're 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 super fun and, and like, here's the best one. In Mexico, they found like this whole um, uh, set of caves and caverns and, and, and he- held the party inside. So one big wow. dome had dance music, then the next one had classic rock and the next one had live band. And so you could walk around inside these caves with all the cool light show. That would be, I think one of my uh, favorite uh, parties that uh, you know that uh, I wouldn't say it was thrown in my honor, but certainly <laughs> as a speaker at the event, I, I, I felt like it was thrown in my honor. That's
0: awesome! <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. I, you know, I, you you had said before, as an entrepreneur, you have to take a break or, or look back. How do you, how important do you think it is to just have some fun and decompress and do that? I, I know we, we I, I'm a big fan of Richard Branson. Who love you know, reading his stuff. I, I I used to think you just got to be an a hole and a jerk ass to be super super successful. And and I, I I've never met Richard, so I don't know if he is that. But it doesn't seem that way. <laughs> no,
2: he's not. And I, I'm sure there are people who would disagree with me if they've been in a situation where they didn't agree with him. But I, I, I've spent a little bit of time with him. I've been over to Necker Island, sat and had breakfast with him. Uh, I, and I, many of my friends are good friends of his. Like, I, no, there's none of that. And, and you know what? I'll tell you, to kind of answer your question, he plays. You know, he, uh, um, he is he's 20 years older than me. And he's out there kiteboarding, still out there <laughs> making, making it happen, right? You know? So, I, no, I think that it's really important that we decompress and take time away. You guys probably know the old you know, proverb or the old story about the two woodcutters competing to cut the wood, and they're both cutting away and cutting away, and the one guy keeps taking breaks. And the, and the and the guy who cuts the breaks wins the race. And the other guy's like, how the hell did you win? How did you beat me? You kept taking breaks. And he goes, I wasn't taking breaks. I just went off to sharpen my saw.
1: <laughs> and,
2: and, and I've always kept that in mind that in business, you see, you can't sharpen the saw while you're using it. And that's why sometimes your best solutions come to you when you're in the shower. That's why some of your best solutions come mm. when you're driving the car, when you're walking in the park, when you're playing with your <laughs> kids, because you stopped using the saw, so now you can sharpen it. Wow. So that reflective time, that time to pull back, that time for perspective is among the most important time there is. Oh, man. Ooh,
0: this is this's been a great
2: show he's just
0: he's just throwing us left and right whoa oh okay uh, so we, we we like to kind of throw a surprise question too it's it's not that much of a surprise but we do like the input from the different entrepreneurs we have on the show how do you
2: feel about goals what does a goal mean to you what is that? You know, I I think that um, in the 1980s, goals was all about like smart, you know, specific, measurable, achievable, realistic in time, man. You gotta have it all like that. (laughs) And when you're in your twenties and money's the most important thing, I think that's a great system. I think it's fabulous. (laughs) But I do believe that um, there's a few reasons why I've moved away from that model. And what did it, the way I look at it now is for me, I may have a goal and in which case it will be smart and measurable and achievable, and I'll have the right team around me and what have you. And that's that's when there's a deadline on something, right? You know, you might you might be writing a book and go, I have a goal and getting that done, right? But the old days of goals of like, there's something big I want to achieve. There's something you know I want to grow my business this big, or I want to I want to be a bestseller. Or these these types of things. I have come to realize that the universe has an infinitely better capacity for dreaming than I do. So I have frequently said to the universe, I would like it like this. And the universe comes along and says, hell no, it can be better than that. So if I make it too specific, achievable and all that crap, then the universe is going to, well, if that's all you want, that's all you're going to get. And so I tend to be a little bit more like this, wouldn't it be nice if this happened? And I can tell you as a good measure of this, my most successful startup ever. Was, uh, was something I started not because I was trying to make any money. In fact, luckily, I'd, I'd made enough money that I could afford to work on a hobby for a while. And so I, I started doing like, like just sort of health coaching work with people. And I just totally meant it as a hobby. And word of mouth, it just started spreading and spreading and spreading. It, and, and, and my greatest marketing tip of all is give more value than anybody's expecting. And all of a sudden, that business grew without me. It grew without me like it started growing faster than I could ever have made it. The universe had a much better plan than any plan I ever had. Mm. So, you know, I might have a goal of helping this client lose this weight or turn around their diabetes. Yeah, I can have that goal. But in the wouldn't it be nice if I'm simply saying, wouldn't it be nice if I could help a billion people change the relationship with food and get themselves off the pharmaceutical industries and medical. industry? wouldn't that be nice.
0: Cool. I, I used to. I used to have a friend, and he he would. He was a speaker, and he would get up and I remember Ron, and he would say, "You know, sometimes you just need to know the destination." He said, "When I buy a ticket to go somewhere on an airplane, I don't. All I got to do is sit there in the airplane, and it takes me there." He says, "Just buy the ticket, buy the ticket,
2: and you'll go." Is that kind of the same philosophy? You. Get- so I've climbed Kilimanjaro seven times, oh. and, um, and and I can tell you that if you go up Kilimanjaro and all that's on your mind is the is the destination, the goal, the the, mm-hmm. the summit. If that's all that's on your mind. Mm-hmm. Then that's all you'll get, and you might not even get it. Mm-hmm. And the reason is is that you miss it's incredibly all the cool different. stuff. What's that?
0: You'll miss all the cool stuff.
2: And you'll miss all the cool stuff. Let me tell you some of the stuff you'll miss. You'll miss the chameleons. You'll miss the you'll miss the little mice with the three stripes down their back. You'll miss the lichens. You'll miss all kinds of amazing stuff on that mountain. Whereas what I would say is, let's say you guys are you guys are on the East Coast? Utah. In the middle. Utah. Oh no, that's right. You're guys in <laughs> Utah. So let's say we're gonna get in the car in Utah and we're gonna drive like, you no, know, let's drive to the East Coast. Well, if we simply know we're going to New York, if we, that's all we know, then it's gonna be a hell of a boring drive. But if we happen to know that, you know. That, like, one of you guys has a real fetish for string. Well, we know we're going to stop off and see the biggest ball of string. And then, you know, (laughs) we probably should check out the Grand Canyon on the way. And, you know, and so instead of getting all goal centric about the only thing, we just say, wouldn't it be nice if we went to New York and had the most incredible adventure on the way?
1: Yes. Life is a journey, not a destination.
0: Yes. Oh, that's so good. Wow, this has been great. Eric, thank you so much for being on the show. This has been amazing. How can people find you? What can how can how can they connect and 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 all that good stuff? Oh, wait. But before that, we we ask what's a gold nugget you can leave our listeners.
1: Yeah.
2: Right? Okay, did not you guys want a question for the wheel? I got a question Oh, for the, yes.
1: A yes, question, yes, for, question for, the for the wheel. Can
2: you write it down, Ryan? Yes. Uh Yes, question for the wheel. He remembered. That's good. Because he's a
1: misfit.
2: What percentage of the stuff you've worried about in your life really happened? Ooh. What
0: percentage of the stuff you worried about in your life really
2: happened? It's a hell of a good question because the truth of it is, none of it. Almost none of it. And then, if you want, the follow-up question is... Of the stuff that did happen, how much of it are you actually grateful for now? (laughs) And then all of a sudden, once you ask those two questions, you can pretty much stop the worrying. Wow. So,
0: so good.
2: I, I, I remember
0: hearing from someone that they said, you know, all of the regrets you have are usually from stuff you didn't do, not from things you did.
2: Yeah, it's uh, there's some truth to that. And I, and here's the other kicker is uh, um, there's a principle that we talk about in our training programs called the hindsight window. And basically what it says is that um, there's a window of time between a bad event and the time that you one day accept that the event wasn't actually bad. You know, you got fired and at the time you were angry, but later you're like, thank God I got fired. Yeah. And however long it takes you to say thank God is the hindsight window. And the problem is if you leave the window open for too long, here's the trouble. Any regret, resentment, or anger you have about your past will translate into anxiety about your future. Mm. So, the more regret and anxiety, the more regret and anger and, and crap you have about the events of your past, the more afraid you will feel for the events that are coming. Wow. The more gratitude and appreciation you feel for everything that happened before, the more likely you are to have a general sense of faith that what's coming serves you. Mm. Man, mm. gosh,
0: you're just throwing the nuggets at <laughs> us constantly. <laughs> this is, I, I, hopefully, the listeners are, yeah. hey, man, we sometimes we get too many gold nuggets and then i don't know what to do with them but, the,
2: but these, these, are, these are these are these are good um so cool how can how can folks find you you know uh i manage my own instagram account uh, I, I i enjoy it i i do the best i can to interact so people can go find me at, at eric Edmead's. if you are interested in uh entrepreneurship and learning more about business i suggest checking out businessfreedom.com where i teach entrepreneurship and business and that kind of stuff and my publisher, Mindvalley.com, has a brand new uh, business course coming out in the next couple of weeks called Business Freedom Blueprint. So those are all great avenues for people to find out more about me and what we do, and so on. Wow, this has been
0: great. Any any last words, Ryan, for for Eric? I mean, this, this I, I'm on. I'm pumped. Yeah, ready to go take it on.
1: You're gonna listen to this one a hundred times.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is good. Eric, seriously, thank you so much for being on the show. It's uh, it's been enlightening, and that's that's why we do this thing. Hey, thanks for having me. You guys are a ton of fun to spend time with. Uh, You want to take us out, Ryan? Ryan likes to take us out because he's a a strange person.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I thought I'd throw that in. Uh, I thought I'd throw that in. It takes one to know one, bro. Yeah, very true. Uh, Yeah, thanks for being on the show, Eric, and uh, it's been great. We always end the show with the hashtag, be good, do good, and we say it three times, and we get louder on the third time. You can join us if you'd like, or you can just stare at us like we're crazy people. <laughs> so, here we go. Hashtag be, good, good, do good, good. Hashtag be good, good, do good.
0: Hashtag be good, do good. Hashtag be good, good, do good, yeah. do good. Yeah. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the Biz for Good Show podcast. We want to thank all our fans and guests on the show. Be sure to check us out on all our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For your hosts, Bobby Glenn James and Ryan Pilkington, this is Tim Jackson saying get out and do some good. Now go!